Hello, I'm Eric Lacasse, and this is the Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today we'll be talking about who fights for you. Stick around for some hope healing and maybe even some laughs. Welcome once again to another Messy Messianic Mama podcast. Today's uh, talk is going to be about who fights for you. But before we get into that, the tour portion for this upcoming week is called Achre Mot and also Kedoshim because it's, once again, a double portion. In my mind, it's actually not too long once again, um, but it's really important. It's uh, Leviticus chapter 16 verse 1 to chapter 18, verse 30. Then you have Leviticus chapter 19, verse 1 to chapter 20, verse 27. The Haftor portion is actually three Haftor portions, but once again, I don't really feel like they're that long. It's Ezekiel 22, 1 through 16, Ezekiel chapter 22 through 20, and Amos chapter 9, verse 7 through 15. The Brit Hadashah is 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 9 through 20, and Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. Good portion. I encourage you to, to uh, dive in and read it. But I do want to get right into the title of this podcast, which is Who Fights for You? This particular thought kind of came to me. We were hanging out with some friends and... One of our friends has been really struggling spiritually, and so I was trying to teach our friend some coping skills because as a person who struggled with anxiety for my whole life, I was able to learn some coping skills with the counselor that I've had for over 15 years. And so I was trying to teach her, like, you know, one of the things, one of the easiest things is actually just distraction or refocusing your thoughts. So I remember we brought a girl with us, one of my daughter's friends to our congregation. And she was really anxious around a lot of people, which I thought was interesting because we might've had 20 people in the congregation that day. But for whatever reason, she was getting really anxious. It could have also just been, you know, a different space. She wasn't used to it. So I sat with her and I said, okay, how many lights are there? which of course confused her. She said, what? I said, how many lights are there? How many light bulbs are there? Can you count them for me? And so she stopped and looked and told me how many light bulbs there were. I'm like, huh, how many fans do you think we have? You know, just fans hanging from the ceiling. How many, how many, how many do we have? So she told me that. So on and on it went to the point where instead of focusing on why she was so anxious, she was focusing on whatever question I had for her and the task I was giving her. So it helped her to refocus her mind onto something that wouldn't cause her anxiety at all. And that's the same thing that we need to do when we're dealing with maybe internal spiritual warfare or even external, really. But, um, you know, if you're having negative thoughts in your mind, you rebuke the devourer, but then you need to refocus your mind. And what do you refocus your mind on? On God. Now, for many people, it's reading the word and refocusing your your thoughts on the word, which for me does work to a point. But the most effective thing that works for me is focusing on music that is glorifying God. For whatever reason, it just be, could be because that's the way my, my brain is wired. It is, doesn't necessarily have to be that for you. 
but that's what helps me. And so I was sharing this with our friend because our friend also enjoys music and we happened to be in the car with our friend. And, and so I just started playing praise and worship music and a song came on, um, a Christian author, Phil Wickham. The song was the battle belongs by Phil Wickham. And I'm actually going to read you the lyrics because it ties into the Bible verse and story that we're going to talk about today. So it says, Almighty Fortress, I'm sorry, I did not start there. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory. When all I see is the mountain, you see a mountain moved. And as I walk through the shadow, your love surrounds me. There's nothing new, there's nothing to fear now, for I am safe with you. So when I fight, I'll fight on my knees with my hands lifted high. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. And every fear I lay at your feet. I'll sing through the night. Oh God, the battle belongs to you. That little portion is the chorus. And if you're for me, who can be against me? For Jesus, there's nothing impossible for you. When all I see are the ashes, you see the beauty. When all I see is a cross, God, you see the empty tomb. Then they, he obviously repeats the chorus. Then we go to, I believe, the bridge, which is Almighty Fortress. You go before us. Nothing can stand against the power of our God. You shine in the shadow. You win every battle. Nothing can stand against the power of our God, which is repeated a couple times. Then they go back to the chorus. Fantastic song. Didn't realize there was any kind of dispute about this song until I actually was looking it up. And it took me to the BereanTest.com, which I found very interesting. And a man by the name of Vince Wright actually went through the lyrics of this song verse by verse. And trying to see how much of the lyrics line up with scripture. Based on what he found, it all lines up with scripture. Like there are so many Bible verses here that he uh, refers to. It's actually, I, I would need probably another extra week just to read that to you. However, he does talk about how it could be misconstrued with the one line that says, God will win every battle. because. It could be misconstrued that some people may feel like, well, if he wins every battle, that means when I become a believer, I'm not going to have any struggles. And that's not what he's saying at all in the song, I don't believe. Um, In fact, we should expect tribulation and hardship on account of Yeshua. And the plus is that he'll be with us through that. He'll help us wade through the dark shadows of life. But the reality is, it's our perspective that might think, well, I don't think God won that one. Why? Because it it means that you didn't win. It doesn't mean that God didn't win. It means that you didn't win. Why? Because sometimes we don't see the big picture. Honestly, that's kind of a tangent. It's even an aside I don't even necessarily want to get into. Um, If you have more questions or you really do want me to do a podcast about that, please feel free to reach out to me. But when... I asked my husband, I'm like, I wonder where he got that. Like, you know, a lot of times, shoot, some of them, they'll sing right, literally just an entire Bible verse is their song. So he's like, well, have you Googled it? And of course I had not. 
And so he Googled it and it took him to second Chronicles 20 and I was 2015. I was like, are you serious? Like, this is it. But then you read the whole story and you're like, I don't remember the story. At least that was my reaction. Like, I don't remember the story. Why don't I remember the story? This is really significant. This is amazing. And so because of that, I want to go ahead and read to you second Chronicles 20 verses one through 30. So bear with me, but I think that it's really important. So here we go. Now it happened after this, that the Moabites and the Ammonites together with other Ammonites came to make war against Jehoshaphat. Some came and reported to Jehoshaphat saying, a great multitude is coming against you from beyond the sea, from Aram and are already in Hazazanon Tamar. Hazazon Tamar? That is in Gedi. Jehoshaphat was afraid, so he resolved to seek Adonai, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. Judah assembled to seek help from Adonai. Indeed, they came from all the cities of Judah to seek Adonai. Then Jehoshaphat stood in the congregation of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of Adonai in front of the new courtyard and said, Adonai, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one can stand against you. Are you not our God who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and gave it to the descendants of your friend Abraham forever? They settled in it and built you a temple there for your name, saying, If calamity comes upon us, the sword of judgment, pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you. For your name is in this house, and cry to you in our distress, and you will hear and deliver us. Now behold, the sons of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whose land you did not allow Israel to invade when they came from the land of Egypt. Instead, they turned aside from them and did not destroy them. Now behold, how they repay us by coming to drive us out of your possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we have no power to face this great multitude that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. All Judah was standing before Adonai with their infants, their wives, and their children. That in the midst of the congregation, the Ruach Adonai came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jael, son of Mataniah, the Levite, and of the sons of Asaph, and he said, Listen, all Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, thus Adonai says to you, Do not be afraid or dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow go down against them as they come up the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley in front of the wilderness of Jerul. You will not fight in this battle. Take your positions, stand and see the salvation of Adonai with you. O oh, Judah and Jerusalem, do not be afraid or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out to face them, for Adonai is with you. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before Adonai to worship Adonai. Levites from the sons of Kohath and the sons of Korah stood up to praise Adonai, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they arose and went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. 
As they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, O Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in Adonai your God, and you will be confirmed. Trust in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting with the people, he appointed singers to Adonai, praising the splendor of his holiness, as they went out before the army, saying, Praise Adonai, for his mercy endures forever. As they began singing and praising, Adonai set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. For the Ammonites and Moabites rose up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to exterminate and annihilate them. When they had exterminated the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. When Judah came to the lookout in the wilderness and looked for the multitude, behold, only corpses were lying on the ground. No one had escaped. When Jehoshaphat and his people went to take the plunder, they found an abundance of goods, clothing, and precious articles, which they pillaged, more than they could carry away. For three days they were taking the plunder because there was so much. On the fourth day they assembled in the valley of Bracha, where they blessed Adonai. That is why the name of that place is called the Valley of Bracha to this day. Then every man of Judah and Jerusalem, with Jehoshaphat at their head, returned joyfully to Jerusalem, for Adonai had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They came to Jerusalem to the house of Adonai with harps, lyres, and trumpets. So the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of the region, because they heard that Adonai had fought against the enemies of Israel. So the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was untroubled, for his God gave him rest all around. Now, did you catch that in the story? They literally did not have to take up arms against their enemies. God fought for them. Now, Adonai can fight our battles for us just like he did for Moses many times. But I kind of want to go piece by piece through this particular story because I think it's so amazing to me. And it kind of blew my mind because the person that we were trying to help listened to the song and they said, Do you really think that God fights for us? And what blew my mind is that this person has been a believer for 40 years or more. Now, it could have been, you know, they're just so distraught that maybe they weren't thinking clearly when they asked a the question, but I mean, my automatic response is yes. Whether we see what he's doing or not, he's fighting for us. You know, we're, our battle is not physical. There's a spiritual war going on for each and every person on this land, on this earth. And we need to acknowledge that and be okay with it when we have to give up our control in order to let God step in and do what he does best. Which is save us and rescue us. A lot of times from our own stupidity, but not all the time. Now, what did he do first? What did Jehoshaphat do first? Did he moan, complain, and say, woe is me, O Lord, save us? No. The first thing he did, well, the first thing that happened was, first, he was informed of what was coming. So he knew what was going on. He understood what the battle was going to be. And you know what? He was afraid. How many of us are afraid in our, during our battles? Or even just life? 
he sought Adonai and proclaimed a fast. So he didn't go talk to his mama. He didn't go talk to his wife. He didn't go to the congregation and complain and, and let everyone know. So everybody would be fearful. He went to Adonai first. He sought his face and then he commanded Israel to also seek Adonai's face and commanded a fast in order to hear his voice better. And all of Judah came together to seek Adonai together. So the community came together to seek Adonai's face. Now, how often do we as believers, for whatever reason, we don't want to share our struggles with other believers because we don't want people to know that we're human beings? I don't, I don't understand it myself. Um, now, I do struggle, like even with my family, because of how sick I feel on a regular basis because I don't want I don't want that to be their perception of me all the time and I don't want them to know how badly I hurt all the time because they never let me leave the house <laughs> and I like to leave the house and I think that it's healthy and good for me to do so but I think it's also good for me to be able to properly communicate what's going on in my life and asking for prayer by those surrounding me especially in my uh, community of believers, right? My congregation. We have a woman in the hospital right now and she reached out to us and asked for prayer. And immediately we wanted to pray for her, asked if it was okay for us to communicate that to the rest of the congregation because there's power in prayer. I've talked about that in this, this podcast before. Now, Jehoshaphat stood at the house of Adonai in the new courtyard and reminded Adonai who he was to them and who he is to them. You know, are you not the God who did this for us? Are you not who you say you are? You are awesome, Lord, in all of your power. Then he spoke to Adonai about the problem. So it wasn't like, hey, Lord, I got this problem. Please fix it for me. Could you please be my genie once again? was, no, let me glorify you, Lord, because I know whatever decision you choose to make is the best thing for me, even if I don't see it in the moment. And I don't know about you, but that's that's really hard to swallow sometimes. But I trust in Adonai. Then he asked God for to intervene on their behalf because they admitted to having no power. Lord, I have no control over this situation, but I'm choosing to fix my eyes on you because I know that you are in control. And then the Ruach Adonai fell upon Jehazel and told Jehoshaphat and all the people not to fear, for the battle was not theirs, but God's. Which is the verse that they're talking about for the song. Adonai told them to go down against their enemies, but not to fight the battle. So, I, I'm just, I'm trying to imagine, put myself in their position. So I'm like, okay, so you, you're like, all right, I got this. I want you to go ahead against your enemies, face them, but don't fight them. I got control issues, y'all. I don't know about you, but I'd be like, are you, are you serious, God? Like, you want me to go face my enemies, but don't do anything? Like, uh, okay. He just wanted them to stand before their enemies and face them because Adam and I was with them. Jehoshaphat and all Israel, they then laid prostrate on the ground to worship Adonai. And the Levites stood to praise Adonai with a loud voice. 
So they praised him for who he was and who he is. And then the next morning they got up, and as they headed toward their enemies, Jehoshaphat reminded Israel to believe and trust in Adonai, and that then they would succeed. He consulted with the people and appointed singers to Adonai to sing praises to God. As they sang in front of their enemies, Adonai sent ambushes against the Ammonites, the Moabites, and Mount Seir. He basically had them fight each other so Israel didn't have to do anything. Can you imagine standing there and just being able to like watch the scene or find out that's what happened afterwards because they went and pillaged the tents and they're like, wow, uh, everybody's dead. And we didn't have to lift a finger. We did have to set aside our own wants and wanting to be in control of the situation. That's a new level of desperation, though. you got to imagine how desperate they were. They truly had to have had zero hope of being able to stand against their foes. If they were like, Lord, we know we can't fight against these guys. Could you please fight for us? But that's faith. Every single day, we need to come before the Father, say, Lord, I'm choosing to die to myself today so that you can intercede on my behalf. So that you can fight my battles for me. So that I don't have to. Now there will be times where you do have to. Be in a battle maybe you don't want to be part of. But if that's what God's calling you to do. Then do it. No matter how hard of a situation it is. A lot of times my battle is simply getting up in the morning. Which is probably good why I still do have a job that requires me to get up really early, which I don't care for. I've never liked getting up early. I'm not an early riser. Get up and greet the day. Greet my Savior. And try to be a light to shine for these kids that I see on my bus that come on and off. And I hope that they have some other people in their life that they hopefully see Yeshua in. But I hope to be that light for them as well. In case I am the only person that they they have in their lives that is shining a light. And shining Yeshua's light, not my own. Because you don't know what battles other people are facing in your life. You know, something else I was talking to our friends this week too. is like, look, sometimes I'll have dreams or thoughts about people I have not thought about in years. And it's not necessarily people I used to be friends with. It could be people I never liked in the first place. But if it's something or a person that keeps being drawn to my light, light um, to my mind, I will get down on my knees and pray for that person and intercede on their behalf. Say, Lord, please be there for this person. I don't know what's going on and what the situation is in their life, but they clearly need you, Father, just like I need you. Bless them, Lord. I thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do and who you are. And this story is just a really great reminder that sometimes the battles are not what we think they are. And how you think they should be won are not necessarily in God's plan. And it's, you know, it's okay. We need to be okay with that. But sometimes we also need to just get out of God's way and let go of whatever it is that we're holding on to and let God. And you know, I was reminded of this as we're hanging out with our friend and and thinking like, oh man, this person really just needs to 
let go and let God. And I'm thinking, okay, how about you, Chica? Do you need to let go and let God? Is there some area in my own life that I need to do that? And of course the answer is yes. So I would just encourage you throughout the week to just, before you look at anybody else's circumstance, look at your own and say, Lord, where do I need to let go and let you do battle for me? Now, as I do every single week, I'm going to leave you with the ironic benediction, which you can find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 and 26. Yivarek Akadonai Vayishmareka Yairodonai Panabaleka Vayuneka Yisadonai Panabaleka Vayasimleka Shalom. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Bashem Yeshua Sashalom, in the name of Yeshua, the Prince of Peace, I pray. Amen. May you all have a fantastic week. And hopefully you'll turn tune in again next week. Have a blessed week, y'all. Shavua Tov. Please feel free to message me at MessyMessianicMama.com or you can email me at ELMMM3 at ProtonMail.com. That's E as in Echo, L as in Lemur, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, M as in Mike, the number three at protonmail.com. Also feel free to leave me a one minute voicemail message at anchor.fm forward slash Erica Lacasse. There's a button on my Anchor website that says leave a voicemail. Thank you so much. And remember to leave all messages short and sweet and to the point. And I look forward to hearing from each and every one of you.